Hello, everyone. This is Robert Gowan, and you're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast. I'm joined by Mike Pritz, and we're going to be talking about a subject that's probably dear to a lot of folks who are coming off active duty, trying to figure out what it is that they're going to do and how the lifestyle changes, disrupt or affect their current job or current way of doing things. So, you know, we've been talking about this, Mike, and some people might call it boredom because they get kind of bored after getting off active duty. They've had this structured life. They've had this way of doing things for so long. And then, you know, they have this change. Hey, I'm off active duty. I don't have to go to physical training formation at five, six in the morning. I don't have to be at the salute the flag at four o'clock in the afternoon or five o'clock. I don't have to do any of those types of things any longer. And that's one aspect of it. And then the other aspect is I don't get to go and, you know, have a permanent change of station where every few years, whether it's two to five years, I'm changing units, I'm changing platoons or squads or regiments or, you know, whatever the case may be, or, and it may be new people I'm running into. All of these things are different now. And that's quite an adjustment, I think, for you a know, lot of people. I think, I think what I would ask somebody who told me they were bored or not challenged when they left the military with whatever job they went into is why. You know, why are you bored? What aspect of your life or career that you had previously in the military is missing? Because uh, I don't, I don't personally experience that. And you know, we've talked about this, and I, I think that since I've left the military, my time has been occupied with so much uh, of the of the activities that I want to do. Uh, I, I'm I'm busier now than when I was in the army. I would challenge somebody that said they were bored in a particular job to change. You know, I, if you really are are not challenged and bored, then you're not you're not you know fulfilling your passion. You're not you're not going down the path that we tell people to go down when they get out, right, Robert? So yeah. yeah. So why not why not make a change and then you know develop another plan on how you get from point A to point B, whether that's through additional education, whether that's through some type of vocational training, or just networking into another position. You can facilitate change in your life. Uh, every bit as easy as somebody at uh, infantry branch does by pushing the F2 key and, and sending you on assignment to, to wherever, drill sergeant duty, recruiting duty, or your next duty station. Uh, you just have to do it on your own. I, I can't agree more. I mean, there is always an opportunity within the organization that you're in that you can, if you seek out an opportunity, you'll probably find it. If you're seeking a new opportunity, if you're seeking a change, it might be right there within the current organization that you're in. And if the problem is the organization that you're in, then that is that that's probably a, a, a real indicator that you need to go find another organization to go to. Right. So there could be a lot of things that, that make you feel stagnant at whatever type of job that you're holding down. And, and, and exactly what you said, maybe it's a leadership problem within the organization that you're working in that kind of keeps you in one function, you know, working a cubicle, moving, moving stuff from your inbox to your outbox at the end of the day. I can see how somebody would become, you know, bored and unchallenged in that type of role. Uh, so if, if, if that's the only opportunity you're given, maybe you have to look outside of the organization. But maybe there's a way to change the organization from within if there's an opportunity to do that. I couldn't agree more again. you know. And I found that a lot of the opportunities that I've come into and the jobs and roles that I've been a fortunate to be a part of, most of them were created myself. So I, I walked into an organization and like you know, many people, you, you walk in and you may not 
go into the role that you specifically wanted to go into, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts, it might be that stepping stone position, but you walk in and you find the opportunity or your passion within the organization, and that's when you approach the leadership and say, hey, listen, I think I can help the organization You don't present it as, hey, I need to change because that's never going to work. But you might be able to go to the leaders and say, I see a real opportunity here. And I think if I were in that role, this is how I think that we could improve the organization, whether it's increasing throughput, whether it's increasing revenue, hitting the bottom line, those types of things. And if it's not that, maybe what you do is you help create a project. So a project has a lifespan that could be anywhere from three months, six months or a year or so. But maybe what you do is you find that there's a change opportunity here and you want to lead a project. That'll give you an opportunity to be exposed to other areas of the organization more than likely because you're going to be able to work through other disciplines and other positions and other leaders who will get an opportunity to see you in those types of leadership roles. And it also gives you exposure in something that's outside of, like you mentioned, putting one paper over from one area of the cubicle to the next. I think that's a great idea, I, particularly if you have a, an area that, that you have a little bit of influence in already. And it's just on how you present it to, to the organizational leadership and whether or not you're going to get to move forward with it. And who wouldn't want you to, to take on a project that needed to be done uh, in, in the business? And, and I think it, it's going to accomplish two things. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help the business. It's going to help whatever organization you're, you're working in. And it's going to help you get out of that stagnation. I can't think of any organization, as you mentioned, that couldn't use somebody's help. But some organizations don't have project management roles. They don't have project management positions. So an individual in a small organization that might be at a facility that's, you know, 150, 500 people within a manufacturing process, you can actually look at improvement opportunities where you can lean it out, meaning that if there are 30 steps, you can see opportunity where you can limit it down to improve the quality of the product that you're developing to 15 steps and save money. And you'd like to initiate a project to do that. God, that leader is going to love you to be able to do that, especially if you can present that you have some flexibility and time to do it, or that it aligns with your current role in that you can, it's, it's a problem that you're experiencing within your position and you want to improve upon that so your leader now sees that this could be part of your current position so in other words it's not like hey i I can't lose you mike for two weeks or three months or six months going and doing another job you're not a project manager you're a manager of x if you can present it as no this is part of my problem my angst that i'm experiencing right now or that we can improve the quality, which is a metric that we've been assigned for year in to improve upon. Now you're aligning that again back to the organization. They're going to be more apt to consider that as an opportunity. And I, and I think, Robert, that's something that a lot of particularly NCOs would probably be very comfortable doing because because what do we deal with in the military? We deal with process. We deal with procedures. We deal with systems to get from point A to point B. So as you're coming into an organization that uses a different process, uh, I I think it's natural to evaluate it to see what's efficient and what's effective. And if you can cut some of those areas down, make it faster, make it cheaper, then you're right. I think who wouldn't want you to take on a, a project like that? Absolutely. I can't think of anybody. And that's one of the things that you can do as a change within the organization that gives you, again, that exposure 
you know, again, if you if you go through these types of steps that we're talking about here and you find that the project didn't expose you to what you were looking for, the leadership didn't embrace what you were doing, you got to also be looking introspectively at yourself to see maybe the problem is not the organization, maybe the problem is you as well. And you may be the person that needs to make the change to adjust how you're adapting to the culture of the environment. And it could be that this culture of this organization is just not a perfect fit. At that point, you need to start looking at sharing your passion within another organization. It might be, again, the red flag to push the button. Let's go. You know, let's jump out the door to another opportunity. So so how does somebody do that? Though? Are they comfortable? They get a job living paycheck to paycheck maybe after they've gotten out of the military. It takes a little bit of time. And I, I think we have to revert back to that to that runway you always talk about with giving yourself enough time to, to meet all the requirements in your transition goals. I think at that time when you're looking to change and move to a different organization, you've got to reevaluate that. And you've got to try to reestablish that runway, set some intermediate, you know, short, long-term goals and, and figure out a path to get there. When I think of my time in consulting, you're only as good as the next job. If you weren't constantly seeking the next opportunity, you may not receive a paycheck or your organization is not going to be too happy because part of the mission and objective of you as a consultant is to help them grow. And if you're already embedded within an organization, it's to look for that next opportunity that keeps them within that organization and making money themselves. So you've got to think of the same thing, Mike, as you're an employee within an organization that it goes back to what Griff talked about and others, and we've talked about another podcast, your network. You've got to be constantly networking. You've got to be constantly evaluating your situation, looking at your environment, reaching out to the people who know you best, and cultivating that all the while so that when you do have to pull the plug or you know you need a change, it's easy then to tap into that network. They know what you're dealing with. And to say, hey, listen, Mike, I need some assistance here. If you happen to hear of something, this is what I'm looking for. And to your point, if you give yourself enough runway, in other words, you have a job already, it's much easier and comfortable and less stressful because you already have a paycheck coming in. It's not like you decide to walk out the door, which I'd never recommend anybody just go, you know what, I'm popping smoke tomorrow, I'm out of here. And I have, you know, no intention of uh, continuing with this employment. And you think all, automatically you're going to jump right into another opportunity. That's probably not going to happen. And depending upon where you're living geographically, it may be very difficult. Yeah, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend anybody would quit their job to, to affect change either, Robert. I, I think that um, part of what we're asking them to do is is if they're bored, if they're not if they're not engaged at work and they want to go on to something else, they can become engaged and maybe overcome some of that boredom by starting the plan and the education process to get them into their next, whatever the next step in their career is. Uh, but a lot of that goes to career planning. I mean, we, we do this all the time in the military. And from the time we're a private, we have a professional development model that tells us at this point in your career, this is what you're supposed to do. So, you know, you do a couple of years as an infantryman, uh, then you do a, a couple of years as a fire team leader. You go to the warrior leader course, come back and you're a squad leader. Uh, and all of those are tied to promotions. Uh, well, the Army tells us exactly what to do, how long to stay in those positions, what education we need at each step along the way. And then you find when you get out, nobody's doing that for you. You know, if you go into a professional field, obviously there's professional development and you got to remain current with a, a trade or, or with a particular career. Uh, but if you're if you're kind of floundering at first, like a lot of us do, 
you've got to develop that professional development model on your own. For me, that starts with education. Education is kind of a, a lifelong process of mine. So at every step for my intermediate and long-term goals, there's an education piece that I focus on. Uh, There's employment pieces that you have to focus on because you have to gain experience in the field. And I think you could draft that up for, I mean, I don't care what it is. You could be a truck driver and and there's, there are different, you know, certification steps along the way that you have to achieve. And the more time you spend as a truck driver, maybe you want to become, you know, in your own trucking company at some point. So there, there are critical steps and things you need to learn in order to continue along that path. Um, and I don't think anybody does that for you in the transition assistance program. And I don't know that they need to. I think a lot of this comes back to some personal responsibility and uh, developing your own goals, your you know your own passions, your own desires, and then finding a way to achieve them. You said it. You've got to look introspectively first and decide what it is that you want to be when you grow up. Now, that may only be a... Uh, an objective or a goal or a vision that is only three to five years from now. I know that at least right now, this is what I want to do, whatever it is. To your point, then you need to determine, okay, how do I get there? What is the way to be successful in that? And that's what you start doing. Now, you can do that too while you're working at a job. And we talked about you know boredom and everything. If you're looking at new opportunities and you're looking at new organizations, you're going to have to take the time to not only evaluate where you are presently today and how it is that you want to get to that goal or objective, you may start, have to start doing like we had talked about in previous podcasts and looking at other organizations now and sizing them up and evaluating you know the market space that they're in as well. So you're now creating more work for yourself to be able to leave the position you're currently in. So this is not going to be an easy decision and something you want to rush into. You need to take the time. You got to evaluate the situation. You got to evaluate yourself. You got to evaluate how long it is that you're going to need in the education and training certifications to get there, to be marketable to those organizations. So there's a lot of stuff that you've got to do. Don't walk into this thing or walk out the door and go, hey, here I am. I know you guys want me. I'm now available. It doesn't work like that out here. No, and I think it goes back to something you said earlier, too. When you when you start along this course, you start planning it, you engage your network, and, and you reach out to those mentors that have helped you along the way make some of these decisions in the past. Uh, and maybe it requires, if you're going in a complete different direction, researching and finding a new mentor who could help you make those planning steps along the way. Especially if they're in the field that you're looking at going into. Well, they have to be in the field. That yeah. you, if you're changing field, you know, you've got to find somebody that can, that can help you, one, get your foot in the door to the organization or just to the career, uh, but two, help you with some of those education choices and how do I become this new career that I want to pursue. So a lot of people don't really tap into LinkedIn for this opportunity. And that's one of the things that I believe we've talked about in previous podcasts, but I want to hit on again. I mean, there's a search opportunity within LinkedIn that you can type in a company name if you know an organization that you want to belong to, or you can even type in, in some cases, specific titles of jobs or career fields. And when you do that, if I focus first, let's say on an organization, it's going to come up with company. When you when you hit the company name, over on the right-hand side is going to be pictures of individuals that are within some degree of your network that you can now tap into. So to get to this individual, I got to go to Mike and I go, hey, Mike, I, I, I need assistance getting over to Judy and you happen to know Judy. 
and she works for this organization. You know, I, I'd love to talk with her about this company, about you know some of the things that I'm considering or evaluating. Can you help me do that? Sure, you'd help them do that. You're part of the network. Now, if you're looking at a specific title or position, this is where it might get a little bit trickier because when you start looking for those positions, you're going to have companies that are going to pop up or people that's going to pop up and the organizations they belong to, you follow the same path. You go back to the company, you evaluate that company, you see how many degrees between you and the individual. You start doing this type of research using a tool like LinkedIn and the search engine capabilities. You're going to find that it's a really helpful tool in maybe getting out of that, that rut or changing the environment that you're wanting to go to and tapping into a network that already exists in an application called LinkedIn. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I've done exactly what you said. I've, I've looked at some other, uh, some different opportunities and I've found a, somebody in my network who I know and I've worked with and, and I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a known performer to them, uh, that they've got a contact somewhere that's, that I'm not introduced to. And I've used those, those guys for virtual introductions. And, um, you know, that, that just opens the door to conversation. I'm not looking for a job. Right. I'm not looking for anybody to, to give me any specific help. I just want to connect and I want to talk about a, a couple of items maybe, uh, that's gonna, you know, I'll put that in my toolkit for later on, but that that's, that's an easy way using LinkedIn, like you said, to just maybe find a, a new contact or two that can push you in the right direction. You've met with somebody who recently retired and separated from the military who ran into some of the situations that we're talking about and having a structured environment. You know, they don't have that structure anymore. They don't have that where they're supposed to be and everything else. So now what do they do? Right. That's exactly what happened at dinners. A good friend of mine had said, you know, I've done everything that the Army's told me to do. From the time I came in, they told me what job that I needed, how long I needed to serve there, what schools and education opportunities I had to, to meet in order to get promoted, in order to get selected for the next job, and so on. He'd been doing that for 25, 30 years. And his, his comment was that nobody does that for us anymore. When I get out, I really don't know what I'm expected to do. So that opened the conversation. That's what we've talked about a little bit. Um, I, I think that that's introspectively, you have to do it yourself. So, so you come in the Army, you decide, I want to be an infantryman. Well, that's pretty easy. There's a career path that everybody has followed for years to make you a successful infantryman. Uh, but you can do the same thing if you want to be a truck driver, if you want to be a teacher, if you want to be a, you know, a welder, if you want to you know, be an executive of a, of a Fortune 500 company. There's a track record that somebody has already done. Uh, that, that has gotten them from point A in an organization to point B where they wanted to be. So it takes looking at that a little bit and developing your own, I mean, for lack of a better term, PD model, right? Professional development models is what we're used to in the military. Uh, and a lot of that includes a job at a lower level to gain experience before you can move to the next level. There may be a, a particular, you know, course, be it something like Lean Six Sigma or a, an actual college degree that you have to, to check the block on to get to the next level. So I think those are the things that you need to look at initially for your short-term goals to get into an organization. And then for intermediate and long-term goals, the same thing. If you want to advance in that organization or in that career path, I, I think you've got to develop a, a very similar model that you're used to seeing. And then you're more comfortable with it because it's it's the way kind of our culture in the military has brought us up. Google is amazing. You can go out yeah. and Google just about anything. You Google, you know, specific job title or you, you Google career paths for using a specific job title or using a career field. 
it's an amazing tool. You'll get 72 pages of information of, you know, what types of certifications or trainings, and you might find even HR-related data, which is even better. Or, you know, some of the best tools that you can use out there are current posted positions. If there are jobs that are right now posted of things that interest you, it's already going to give you a list of requirements that they're seeking. Some of them may be preferred, some may be optional, but you know what? There it is right there. That That's what it is that you got to start evaluating to develop that personal development that you're describing to say, okay, well, if I want to go there and I want to do that, then that means I've got to start taking these classes or these trainings. So you've got to build your personal development model. The military has, or at least the Army has, a regulation that says, these are the steps to get there. They have little blocks that, you know, when you're here, like you were mentioning earlier and such, you're just going to have to create that. You've got to develop that roadmap as you're talking about. Boredom should never come into play. Wondering what your career path should be should never come into play. If you're truly laying out a plan for yourself, either after transition or throughout your career span, after starting your new career, or you're in the middle of your current career, you should always have a plan. Now, it doesn't mean that it's it's a living plan. Understand that. It, it means that you're going to be constantly evaluating and adjusting it. It could be based on where you're living at the time frame. It could be based on what your interests are at the time or hobbies or whatever that all of a sudden you start deciding you want to go in a different direction. could be your age. It could be that you're getting a little older and you decide that you don't want as much responsibilities and you want to be able to drop back into positions that allow you to have a little bit more flexibility. You want to go into what's called individual contributors, so you don't want the responsibility of managing or leading people. It could be all of those types of things. Whatever it is, adjust your plan accordingly, set new goals and, and objectives, and continue firing. You know, move forward. A lot of us will not have the requirements that are listed in those preferred and, and required elements of a job description. So that can be overwhelming. Uh, and I think the, the, the prime time to start this is, you know, with at least a year out, which, you know, I'm sure it was beat into my head and I didn't do it. And I think a lot of people probably hear that time frame of a year out and, and other things in life and their career are still going on. So they don't have, have time to do it. So when you get to that last window, it can be overwhelming to see, man, I really should have had all of these different requirements. Um, but you just got to revert back into that little bit of planning. Hopefully you've, you've done some planning for transition. It gives you a little bit of a buffer and time that you can start checking off some of these these different requirements to get you into that career field. And regardless of whether you're coming off active duty and you're listening to this and the, you know, you're trying to make a plan or you're currently in a career midway through a career, you've been out of the military for 10 years, you're, you know, you feel like you're stuck in a rut, you feel like you're doing this the same job over and over again. It's becoming too repetitive and you're looking for the change and you're thinking back that the PCS, you know, the permanent changes stations and those types of things are exciting because they allowed you to experience new environments, new people, new teams. Listen, th those can still be experienced as we're talking about here. There's, there's nothing stopping you from finding your passion and creating a new personal development plan. But you've also got to realize that you can do things outside of the workspace to give you that balance. And it might be that you need to start going back and evaluating your hobbies or your things that you're doing in your personal time to take this, the place of what your job is not fulfilling. If you're living in an environment or a town that you can't leave, 
and there aren't very many job opportunities and you can't find it within your current organization and the things that we mentioned about projects and stuff are not available or they just haven't fulfilled you know the itch that you're looking for then start looking outside of your work you're trying to find it in your work and it may not be there it might be that you need to start changing things outside of the workplace that fulfill you and give you that passion. So Rudy's not with us today as an example. He's out with Team Special Ops Survivors at Lake Eufaula, actually supporting them in fishing and doing his passion that he enjoys doing, and at the same time helping you know an organization, you know, trying to bring awareness and supporting the spouses and families of fallen Special Forces soldiers. So th- that is his way. That's not his job, although he'd like to be a professional angler in the future. That is a hobby and something he enjoys doing on the side that helps him find the balance that he needs that perhaps at times he doesn't find in the workplace. And it's a great example of what I'm talking about. Find it elsewhere if you can't find it within the the company that you're working at. I I think Rudy's another great example of taking it one step further. And he's also building his own custom fishing rods as as a small business. So I, I think that in addition to, to working a job that he has doing government contracting, as kind of a, a way to, to pay the bills, he still has a future plan and goal of, of managing his own company. So that, that exactly what you said, Robert, that gave him, gave him that little bit of an out or something that is his passion, in addition to the, the charity work he's doing with uh, Special Ops Survivors um, and fishing. Yeah, you know, putting it I, all I together. I think the long-term goal is to put those all together and to have his purpose and passion become his employment. Think about that. He's creating a brand new network. So like you had mentioned, there are times where you're looking for a new network or a new mentor and such, and you you might find him through LinkedIn. I mean, he's establishing it through his passion of something he knows in the future he's going to want to get into. So by creating the custom fishing rods, which is something he enjoys doing, and by the way, they're very good rods, Jack Ontario custom rods, put in a little plug for him. But uh, at the same time frame, by doing that and meeting professional anglers who are buying his rods and going out and supporting Team Special Ops survivors, doing these types of things, this network is now going to enable him to move into that space whenever it is that he wants to get into it. It's it's definitely going to happen. It may not be right now, but it could be in the future. But he's creating a brand new network to support that new endeavor. And it's definitely taken up any time and place where he may find himself bored or stagnant in what he's currently doing. He uses his current occupation, his job, to fund the things that he is really passionate about, how, how are you bored when you, you're, you're doing that? Maybe something about the job, maybe not exactly where he wants to be five, ten years down the line, but it's a it's a venue in which he's going to achieve his, his objectives in the end. I, can't, I don't know very many veterans who don't want to give back as well and to, to their own community that they left. And this is a great example. You know, we've had so many guests on here that talk about how they're supporting through philanthropy, you know, different organizations and you know, Rudy is another example of that. So again, he's applying his hobby and his passion to support what he does or doesn't find within his current job and occupation. At the same time, he's giving back. He's tying both of those things together. I mean, that's a great example all the way around. And as you mentioned, starting a new company, uh, being an entrepreneur, 
that's the complete package. And I'm not saying you've got to go out there and start a new company. I'm not saying that you've got to go back and find a an organization to belong to. But you're going to find a lot of fulfillment if you did go and at least find organizations that you want to support, uh, hobbies or interests that you have then that might be the way that you satisfy that itch or that need. And I know over in the uh, the UK for our listeners, there's a lot of people that actually do that through even the work that they do on Team Fortitude, work to support the PTSD and Rock to Recovery. And what they do is they tie in their workouts, trying to raise awareness and money, whether it's hiking, whether it's running, whether it, you know this exercise, that's their hobby and that's kind of their passion, but they tie, that's not their job, but they tie that in. They're hoping in organizations, it's being able to balance everything and also try to find fulfillment somewhere else. So I, I'd circle back to something I said at the very beginning. And if you find yourself, you know, going to work, working a nine to five, driving a cubicle, whatever that is, um, and you're bored, you've got to ask yourself, why am I bored? Right? What is missing? And then you, on your own, take on a little bit of change. Take on a new project. Get involved in something you're passionate about outside of work or inside of work. Do something to change the environment in which you find yourself bored. Absolutely. Take action yourself. When you begin with yourself and you start looking into what are the things that um, would fulfill you, you might want to try to see if you can fit that within your work first if it's not something that fits within your work, you know, obviously if you're working in a manufacturing environment and you like to fish, you're not going to find that within the manufacturing environment. But I mean, if it's something that you can match your passion with, try to do it within the workspace first, because then you're going to find fulfillment both at the office and it's going to fulfill you when you're away from the office as well. But if you can't find it there, then certainly try to find it outside the office. But you've got to look in introspectively first and then evaluate where you want to be, develop a plan of action, and execute. And realize it's a living plan. You can adjust it at any time and reassess and then execute over and over and over. There's nothing to say that you only got one shot at this and you got to do it right. We all make mistakes. We learn from them. Do it. Learn from your mistakes. Recalibrate. Do it over again. Have fun with the whole thing. That's going to give you a lot of fulfillment as well. If you look at it, hey, I'm just having fun through the whole process regardless. For you and I, part of the things we do here with the podcast, it's a lot of that. We enjoy actually giving back and sharing some of the knowledge that we have. This is a way that we do it. Find that balance where you're not getting bored or you're looking for the structure. All those things that we just talked about. Please be sure to follow us at iTunes. Leave a rating and your comments. And if you don't have an Apple product, no worries. You can follow us at SoundCloud, download the app. And if you're on Twitter, be sure to follow us there at Mentors, the number four, M-I-L.